Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us our physical families and spiritual families to love and serve in our life. As we call you our Father, we realize we are brothers and sisters to each other. Now, dear Holy Spirit, teach us today how we can echo the grace and mercy of Christ to our families so that we can elevate our fellowship to the fellowship of a triune God. In the holy name of a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Yesterday, Paul told us two general descriptions of an overseer or bishop, critical task and the comprehensive quality. Critical task pointed out that it is a noble or cologne to desire to be an overseer or leader of a church. The comprehensive quality is that an overseer is to be above reproach, meaning unarrestable or unaccusable. Today, we will see the specific, some specific quality or qualification of an overseer. So as I read the today's passage, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 7, I want us to hear if any particular topic or quality stands out for each one of us individually. Okay, so let's read 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 to 7. Here is a trustworthy saying, whoever aspires to be an overseer desire a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-control, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not love of money, he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of a full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of a God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as a devil. He must have a good reputation with the outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. So how do you read today's passage personally? For me, the first specific quality of an overseer that stands out is a faithful to his wife. Faithful to his wife. In Greek text, it is simply husband of a one wife. Well, I don't know any pastor who has more than one, one wife. Do you? Then why is this so, so special? The reason that this ordinary marital quality stands out comes from the fact that it is the first qualification that appears after being re above reproach. The outstanding moral quality of a pastor starts with his marital life. His relationship with his wife is a cornerstone for the rest of his relationship with everyone in and out of the church. Marriage of a pastor is a practical deciding factor of his ministry. So do you pray for your pastor's godly marriage? Don't assume about it but pray for holy matrimony about your pastor's marriage. I often use the Roman Catholic term holy matrimony 
to describe the importance of a marriage. Although I'm not a Roman Catholic and do not believe the sacramental theology of a seventh sacrament, but I almost subscribe to sacramental theology when it comes to marriage. You know, Roman Catholic sacrament is a specific and special avenue through which God's grace comes to us. I believe that without God's special grace, a pastor's marriage and any Christian's marriage cannot withstand the temptations of an evil one and trials of a life. As Apostle Paul says, I am who I am by God's grace. Jamie and I, we, I, 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 I didn't ask her this, but I'm, I'm bad that she and I, we confess that our marriage or we are who we are today by God's grace. Faithful to one wife also means that the first ministry leadership of an uh, overseer or a Christian leader starts with his uh, most immediate relationship with his spouse. That means in my case, I am the object of Jamie's first ministry and Jamie is mine. And I'm forever grateful to our life and ministry partnership. Now, do you pray for your spouse every day? I encourage every married person to do so. For single people, please pray for your marriage at least once a week. Yes, at least once a week. Because that's the second most important decision. Next to who is Jesus Christ to me, who I marry is the second most important question for every Christian in life. And by the way, I'm praying for every single member of our Forest Community Church uh, every week, uh, separately, beside their personal prayer request, because their future godly marriage matters. Once again, no holy marriage, no happy ministry. It is an important kingdom prayer. Don't take your spouse for granted. Your faithfulness to God starts from and builds on your faithfulness to your spouse. You know, once I heard the story about Winston Churchill. Uh, when he was late, after you know, everything was done, and then they are celebratory, especially after World War II. And Winston Churchill once attended a formal banquet in London where dignitaries were asked the question, if you could not be who you are, who would you like to be? Naturally, everyone was curious as to what Churchill, who was seated next to his beloved wife, Clementine, uh, people, he, uh, Churchill called her Clemmy, would, uh, would say. When it was finally Winston Churchill's turn, the old man, uh, he rose and gave his answer. And the answer was, if I could not be who I am, I would most like to be, and then he paused to take his wife's hands, Lady Churchill's second husband. Lady Churchill's second husband. What a testimony. I almost feel that is a glorious victory statement. Churchill won not only World War II, but also in his life and marriage. I know a lot of you know, great men who, didn't, who do not have victory in marriage. Well, I know that Suman wants to be Beth's second husband anytime, but the question I have, how about you, Beth? Do you want to be Suman's second wife?
And today, in the lieu of uh, you know, the uh, Hyun and Catherine's 25th you know, silver anniversary, do you want to be each other's second spouse? I really pray that everybody does. Next three qualities, temperate, self-control, respectable, in Greek means sober-minded, self-control, and respectable. They are grouped well under the heading of a self-mastery. Obviously, there is no moral excellence without self-discipline and self-management. For me, a critical factor in self-management is that you don't manage yourself alone, but you always manage yourself with those who you love and trust. Self-management is not a solitary, lonely exercise, but it is a social exercise. We do self-management with God, the Holy Spirit, and with our spouses and our house church families. We open up and expose our self-management status to others and ask their prayers and with accountability. Finally, I must note one phrase that appears only in the section of overseer or bishop or pastor. That is, able to teach, able to teach. Many of the other moral and relational qualities of pastor are repeated for other church offices such as deacons and elders and widows. But able to teach appears here only on the section of a pastoral qualification. Pastor and teacher are synonymous. Pastor is a teacher, teacher is a pastor in the church. Pastor who cannot teach should serve church in a different office. I know there are some pastors who are struggling because honestly, they don't have a gift of teaching. Now, pastor's job is to feed and nourish God's people with the truth of the gospel and God's word. Here, able to teach does not mean able to speak. Paul was not talking about an overseer being a gifted orator or public speaker. I mean, that's definitely a good thing and the extra bonus. And Paul wished that he had that. You know, you remember Paul's you know, confession in 2 Corinthians that uh, he is uh, mighty in his letters, but in person he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very decimal, you know, he's not a great you know, speaker. So Paul knows what it means by able to teach. What he meant by that phrase is a pastor knows and understands the essence of the gospel and communicates it to his people. In order to be able to teach, pastor, first of all, should be a learner. You know, English Christians have this tradition. I heard from an English professor. That is, they don't call their pastors in the morning. They leave their pastor alone in the morning. And if they have some, you know, uh, ministry, you know, uh, matters, they always call after morning. Why? After, you know, starting from, you know, lunch, that's when pastors receive calls and then do the visitation and so forth. Why? Morning is a time for pastor study. Don't assume your pastor is a bottomless fountain of God's wisdom and truth. I pray and plan that Forest Community Church becomes a healthy church with a team of a Good teaching pastors, hopefully two or three, definitely not one like today. We are at the beginning stage, so we will just you know, take it for now. But a single senior pastorship is not a norm, not a biblical norm. 
we need to establish pastoral leadership culture where each pastor has an annual sabbatical month to study and prepare for teaching. In my case, I'm trying to take a break and rest for effective teaching ministry. Someone says a pastor who can rest is not a healthy pastor, but a dangerous pastor because a spiritual fatigue can make a church fall. I take the warning seriously. Now, I ask you to pray for me and other pastors, especially your house church pastors of a forest, continue to grow in the gospel so that we can teach and share God's love with joy and gratitude. So before I pray, let us remember one thing. Ministry starts at home. Ministry doesn't connect the church and family. It's not a biblical ministry, no matter how great that minister look to outsiders. The biblical ministry starts at home, and that's the foundation. That's why the house church ministry matters so much. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we are, doing, we are not doing ministry alone. You are our good and great shepherd to lead and guide us in our life and ministry. Help us remember that we are doing your ministry, not our ministry. And thus, you are with us every day and especially crucial relationship. Help us to cry out to you for our immediate family as well as our ultimate spiritual family. We want to be faithful to our spouses and our families and friends with your gospel love and truth. All this we pray in the name in the most faithful name of Jesus. Amen.